What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and a very Merry Christmas to everybody tuning in today and everyone having a bet this weekend. This is The Betting Show, and uh, we have uh, five tasty bets for this weekend. We have four from the massive UFC 296 card, and we also have one cheeky bet from KSW89 because I don't want to let this week go... Uh, and this betting show go without talking about KSW because this is a fantastic KSW card as well. Just a shame that it's on the same night as one of the biggest UFC cards of the year, and you know could be the best UFC card of the year. I was looking through uh, some of the awards this year, and uh, sorry uh, today, but some of the awards for the year, and uh, it's keeps my mind now. I think a UFC two ninety is the standout card for card of the year. There was like four sub one minute finishes, and there was the Volkanovski card, whatever that number was. I think it was two ninety, but this card. Could very well... It, it has the prospects of being better than that. Now, it'll be very, very, very tough, but that's how good of a card this is. But the KSW card, very, very good as well. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend, really looking forward to the bets. And um, I I would say I have a few cheeky bets this week. I feel, I'm feeling like there might be a bit of disagreement in the comment section this week. But before we get into the bets... Let us know in the comment section below. Give me your one bet for UFC 296. Uh, if I get a good few of them next week, or maybe the week after, if, if it's Christmas, we'll review them, and we'll go back and we'll say who had the best bet, and uh, we'll give you a big shout-out and, and everything on the podcast. So let us know. First thing you do if you're watching this, give me your one bet from the card in the comment section below here on YouTube, um, and we will talk about them next week. I'll be in the comment section as well, as I always am in YouTube. People giving me stick. The Sean Brady crew, the, the Kelvin Gastelum crew last week were giving me stick, but I had the, I had the last laugh on that one. Although, you know, usually the YouTube crew are smarter than me. So, um, Let's review last week before we get to next week. Um, I was above in Dublin. Very good crowd there. I know a lot of the a lot of the Sheehan Show fans were around. I was even I was even talking to Dan Hardy, who said he was a big fan of the show and, so, and stuff as well, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, but it was, it was a very good night of fights, a very interesting night of fights. And we went two, sorry, we went one and one on the night in PFL. Uh, but we went three, uh, two for three on the night everywhere. So we'll go through them. Andreas Binder fighting PFL, that fell out. Um, he didn't uh, make the weight. So unfortunately, that fight didn't happen. We had Simeon Powell losing uh, at minus one, six, three. It was a tough one. It was a tough one, if we're being honest. Um, it was the sort of fight you look at and you think, if that fight happened again, if he was a little bit older, would it be a little... And when I say older, I mean like a little bit more... Um, a little bit more of a, you know, a back catalogue of fights, a little bit more top opponents. Would he have gone through that one? Maybe, but he didn't in the end. We Nathan Kelly did a minus 450. I said that was a good price last week, even though it was minus 450. And I think people would agree with that. And then Kelly Roundtree again at minus 240. Not the biggest prices. I don't like, you know, I don't like giving those small prices. But look, they, they won and they won and that was it. And then Chris Gutierrez. I haven't even watched that fight yet, to tell you the truth, but I I, I read the uh, the recap on Sherdog and uh, it did not seem like he did very well. <laughs> so like, the flyer of Chris Gutierrez, didn't it? And as I said, it was a flyer last week. And my flyer this week is actually a pretty similar flyer, but we'll, we'll get to that uh, in time. Overall, after hitting two from three, my record is now 88 of 176. So if my mathematics are correct, that's exactly 50%. So I, I think I'll have at least... 
at least one more betting show, if not two, before the end of the year. So I'm really hoping to I'm really hoping to stay around that fifty percent. Although I do think some of my bets this week are risky. Uh, the overall on the, the flyers thirteen of, of forty four. I haven't hit a flyer in about six months here, lads. So we had such a run with the flyers at the start of the year. Remember the plus seven hundred Umar and Magomedov? What a flyer that was! But uh, yeah, we haven't hit one in a while. And this flyer this week is very risky as well. But we shall get to that. Right here we go. Bet number one this week. Um. All the rest of my bets, money line bets. This one is via submission, and it's Paddy Pimblet at plus two hundred to win via submission. Now, <laughs> I've I've discussed this fight, I believe, briefly before here uh, and in other places. I talked about oh, wait till we get to the week of the fight, and we we'll talk about the betting and all. And now the lines are out, so let's quickly have a look. So it's plus two hundred Paddy Pimblet via submission. That's my pick. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the lines for this fight because I think they're so interesting and I have so many different thoughts uh, about this fight from, from top to bottom, honestly. Um, the the line for Pimblet and Ferguson from one betting shop to another, there's a massive difference. Minus 250 for Pimblet up to minus 355. All the way from plus 200 from Tony to up to plus 280 for Tony in places. Um, it's a massive difference. If you want Tony to get the knockout, Plus 900. Tony submission, plus 1400. Paddy to get the knockout, plus 350. Uh, plus 200 for the submission, is which, the, uh, is which I have given you. Um, there was a few other ones I was kind of looking at. Uh, Paddy to win uh, by decision, plus 250. Tony to win uh, by decision is plus 550. Um and we can we can go on after that. And there's there's obviously a lot more bets, and there will be even closer to time as well. I think the only bet out of all of that that I liked is the one I've given you, is the plus two hundred. I think Paddy is way, way too small of a price. Minus 250, I think that's an outlier. I think that price probably won't exist pretty soon because looking at all the other betting uh, places. Minus three seven, sorry, uh, minus three five five, minus three seven five, minus three thirty, minus three sixty, minus three ninety, minus three sixty. So that minus two fifty, we can uh, we can almost take that out. I think it's a bit of an outlier. Paddy Pimblet's going to be around minus three sixty, three seventy for this fight, unless it changes. That that's not good enough for a price for me. It really, really isn't. Tony Ferguson at plus two eighty might be, might might be, but I don't know, I'm not that confident on either. Here's how I think this fight will go, and I, I have a few different different ways or a, a few uh, different instances I think which could happen in this fight. So I I know I've been watching Paddy Pimler for a very long time. You know, obviously covering the sport in the UK and Ireland, I've covered his run up through it, and. I know what Paddy Pimblet is as a fighter. I was talking with my uh, my colleague Graham over in the Severe Met podcast the other day, and we described him as uh, if people watch Liverpool, like they call him heavy metal football. Paddy Pimblet's like a heavy metal MMA fighter. He goes for it. He tries to go for the finish. Very much attack, attack, attack. Use my athleticism and strength, which and which he does have to overwhelm guys and beat them. We've seen him doing it to lots of guys in the UFC and outside of the UFC down through the years. Um, behind that, he has some very good parts of his game and some parts of his game which are lacking. Uh, 
So the obvious ones which are lacking, his striking isn't amazing, although massively improved, I would say, over the last few years. But still, I don't think it's at the level to compete with the top guys in the UFC lightweight division. Now he has been out for 11 months with an, uh, an ankle injury, so maybe in that time, you know, his striking could have improved. We can talk about how, you know, ankle injuries also affect preparing for striking. But you get what I mean. Maybe there are some improvements in there. He's been back for a while now training. But that, to me, is his biggest issue, especially his defensive striking. He takes an awful lot of punches. Um, also, his two biggest losses in the last few years in cage wars have been down to wrestling as well. Um, uh, he's uh, Nadine Armani and Sodden back. But out wrestled him in lots of different ways. Julian Arosa in the fight that was very close, kind of outstruck him, but that was a good five, six years ago now at this stage. Although, you know, he's not a massively dissimilar fighter to Dan, although better in many areas. What Paddy's very good at then is the Jiu Jitsu. Is he's he's good knockout power as well. He's I wouldn't say he's the best offensive striker in the world, but he's a powerful guy, you know, an athletic guy, but very good on the ground, very good jujitsu, very good transitions, very brave as well. You know, all action, brave sort of guy, right? So, if you're looking at this from a positive point of view, and I think that's where I'm going with this, right? And that's why I've gone for the plus 200 submission. Paddy will go out there. There'll be a bit of striking. He'll get the fight to the ground, and he'll submit Tony Ferguson. You might be thinking, Shani, Tony Ferguson, he's very good on the ground, isn't he? It's going to be hard to submit Tony Ferguson. Tony's been submitted in his career before. You know, he has... um, Nine losses and three of them by submission. So 33% obviously of his fights have, have ended by submission. He got submitted last time out, even against uh, against Bobby Green, who isn't exactly a submission artist. Um, and the other the other two are, are, are a while back, but he, and actually he got submitted by Nate Diaz before that. And the other one was Kevin Lee, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? Or, or did he? Because I don't know. But he's he's been submitted a good one. No, he submitted Kevin Lee. I got mad, but he's been submitted a few times, right? So it's not like it's impossible. Impossible? Impossible. The other side of it then, right? And so here, that's why I'm picking it. That's the whole reasoning behind this bet. Now let me talk you out of this <laughs> this bet for a little bit. I think if Tony Ferguson has been convinced by who has that lad's name, David Coggins or David Goggins, or I don't really know some I know he's that like self-help Tony Robbins type of guy, isn't he? If he if he has convinced him. That, like, and I, the weird thing about it, I saw. I know everyone's like saying he's doing loads of really hard training and all, which and lo, I've seen a lot of people who are smarter than me who said that's not good, and they're probably right. But if he can actually convince him in his mind that he can beat Paddy Pimlet, I actually think he's a massive chance of beating him. Because if like Tony is the, you know, if Tony can let his hands go and put him on Paddy Pimlet, he doesn't need to be Tony Ferguson of 2015 to win that fight, right? He he really doesn't. He just needs to be good on the night. And I think he will win. Like, if Paddy Pimlet meets someone who's not afraid to fight, which Tony Ferguson absolutely isn't, who's not going to wilt in front of him, which maybe, you know, Tony Ferguson wouldn't have done a few years ago, let's put it that way. And as someone who has good hands, which Tony Ferguson had a few years ago, that fighter will absolutely beat him. Or a better wrestler. One of those two people will be Paddy Pimlet. The problem is, is Tony Fer- like Tony Ferguson is shot, right? There's no doubt about that. But is he shot so badly that he can't put it together for maybe a round or two? Like even guys say like a Frankie Edgar, a Marlon Morris, uh, a BJ Penn. 
how when there they have been and no disrespect to any of them. I hate even speaking about them in that way. All very good fighters, you know, all champions in their own right. But they've all been able to show bits and pieces of it, especially Marlon Moraes, I think. All being able to show bits and pieces of it, even when they were a good bit past their prime. Um, can Tony Ferguson do that? Because if he can, he's a massive chance, I think, against Paddy Pimlet. Because Paddy is a very limited fighter, right? Paddy, in my opinion, is not going to get to the very, very top. He's done a great job to get to where he has gotten to, um, but I think he's about to meet his ceiling. I wonder does Tony Ferguson believe that and believe in himself? Because, as I say, I'll say it again, if he does, he's a massive chance of winning this. My thoughts are that he doesn't. My thoughts are that he can't let those hands go. My thoughts are that Paddy will probably lay a few shots on him and Tony will be slower than usual. He won't be as proactive as usual. He won't be co- as confident as usual. And Paddy is going to be very confident. And he's going to go in there, get a trip, get on top of Tony Ferguson and probably end up taking his back and submitting him. So that's what I'm going for. It's a fight that I am very much... I would very much not take Paddy Pimblett at the... Um, at the money line price, which just to reiterate again, is minus three seventy ish. Would not in a million years take him at that price. No way. If you'd ask me who would I take at the money line price, I'd take Tony Ferguson. No no shadow of a doubt about it. But the submission price plus two hundred. Also, another thing on Paddy Pimblet. People who maybe haven't watched Paddy for a long time maybe think he's a striker. You know, he has uh, a couple of submissions now in the UFC, so maybe less so than usual. But when he came into the UFC, obviously went in there with Vindramini, knocked him out, there was, and there's been a good bit of striking since as well, even though there is a couple of submissions. Paddy Pimble is, a, you know, a submission artist. He's 20 wins, 9 by submission. Um, and that's what he's best at. It really is. So that's another point to go towards him winning by submission. So that's bet number one. Paddy Pimble to win by submission, plus 200. The next bet I'm going for is a bit of a risky bet, but it's it's a bit of a feel bet for me as well. Uh, and I'm going for Josh Emmett to beat Bryce Mitchell at, uh, let me just put the price of you again, plus 163. Plus 163. Now, Josh Emmett, his record, first thing first, I, I often like to show the records here, 18 and 4, right? Last to two absolute beasts last time out. Taporia went to decision with him and Yair Rodriguez. Before that, he lost to Jeremy Stevens and Desmond Green, right? There are these four losses. Are any of them wrestlers? Are any of them wrestlers? That's the first question we need to ask ourselves. And when I, I looked at this, I was thinking to myself, Josh Emmett. Right. Right. How can Josh, like, how does Josh Emmett beat uh, Bryce Mitchell? And how does Bryce Mitchell beat Josh Emmett? Well, Bryce Mitchell beats Josh Emmett by going in, taking him down, and putting him on the ground. That's the only way Bryce Mitchell knows. That's how he wins fights. And then I went and I looked at Josh Emmett's record and go, no one has ever done that to him. Like, let's look at a few guys who maybe could have done that to him. Now, there aren't a whole lot, right? But Amir Sedbektic didn't do it to him. Uh, Michael Johnson, yeah, a little bit, didn't do it to him. Scott Holtzman didn't do it to him. Uh, and then we're going back another bit, and there's there's some other guys in there, you know, I'm sure I'm missing out someone there, if you look back through his record, 
you know, the likes of, of Kater, Ige, Burgos, all kind of strikers, but any of them could have taken him down. And none, you know, or tried to. Ricardo Lamas is the best example, you know, who's obviously a very good wrestler. And at the time, 2017, he does a lot of striking as well. Granted, no problem with that. But nobody has ever been able or never has done it. Now, you could say maybe none, he's never fought a wrestler as good as Bryce Mitchell. And, and that's a fair point as well. But I've always watched Josh Emmett and thought he's a very... Um, he is a very stoic, stony type of guy. Hard to take down, hard to beat, hard to push back. You know, I remember wa- watching tape on him before the Taporia fight and before the Rodriguez fight, and thinking like he's a more limited striker, and not even limited, like less maybe less varied than those sort of guys, but very effective as well. You know, he throws with big power. Um, he has good cardio as well. You know, we've seen him going five rounds and all. We we know what he is as a fighter, and we know that it's solid. Whereas Bryce Mitchell on the other side of it, you know, unless he takes you down, unless he dominates you on the ground. It's going to be hard for him to win a fight. Now, we've seen bits and pieces of it and with different, you know, Dan Egan. He's beaten strikers like him, obviously, and Barboza and others as well. But I just feel like well, that Taporia fight showed that if you can stop a few takedowns and let the shots go and refuse to be overwhelmed by him, he's, he's there for the beating. He's there for the taking. And I think at this stage of his career... It'll either go two ways for Josh Emmett. It'll either be his last bastion of hope at the very top, or it'll be like, I'm not letting this young tug nasty <laughs> get past me. And I'm going for that one. I think he'll stop a takedown. I think he'll land shots. And I think that plus 163 could be looking very good. Again, one I'm not massively, massively confident on, but I think the logic behind it is sound enough. Not always a guarantee. But there you go. Bet number two. Bet number three, I'm going for Leon Edwards at minus 130. Minus 130, Leon Edwards is a price right now. That, and as everyone knows, that price could move, could change, could flicker, could flutter, go anywhere. But he's minus 130 now. A bit surprised the betting is that close. Colby goes for anywhere from plus 130 to plus 105 in the bet I'm looking at here. Most places have him around plus 120. Um, Leon goes from 155 to 130. Most places have him around 148-ish or so. Um, the graph shows him... The graph actually shows him starting as an underdog. Uh, and then he was around the minus 114 for a long time, and now he's gone out a bit. So, you know, after this, he could go out a little further. As I said, minus 148 is one of those prices. I'm looking at minus 130 now in, in the uh, uh, the one we usually take. So we'll go with one th- minus 130, but as I said, look out for this. Right. Here's my thoughts on this one. I, as people may know after listening to this show and other podcasts, I'm not exactly the biggest Leon Edwards believer in the world. Like, I, 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 I never thought Leon had become champion. I was wrong. Um, I think he will be beaten in the next year. I, I could be wrong. And on that again, I, I could be wrong. But I, with that all said, I still think he'll win this fight. And there's two reasons, I think, for it. I think his skill set is designed to beat guys like Colby. And I think Colby's skill set is designed... Not to be guys like Leon, and uh, here and uh, that might sound odd, right? 
And I should have said Colby's current skill set. Because I feel like his old skill set absolutely was designed to be guys like Leon. But uh, this is a sentence I've uttered about 12 times on podcast recently. Some people fight a person and then they keep fighting them for the rest of their career, right? And I feel like Colby's a little bit like that with Masvidal. So, um, with Usman, Masvidal. I had Masvidal on, the, on the, the mind because he did a little bit different against Masvidal. And the problem with this as well is, right, there isn't a lot of tape on this, so this is kind of me just musing a little bit. But he fought the first time against Usman, tried a few takedowns, couldn't take him down, and then kind of struck with him and tried to play a Leon Edwards type of game, a well-rounded type of game. Didn't work. And in the next fight, it was just all of that. Wasn't great. And in the Masvidal fight, we can kind of write that off, you know. I just wonder if he goes out there and tries to play a kind of a roundabout game with Leon Edwards and doesn't try to relentlessly take him down, that he will just get kind of picked apart by Leon Edwards and lose rounds. I think there's a meta to victory for Colby, and I think it's full forward, non-stop takedowns, right? The old Colby. But Colby is now old. He's no longer the old Colby. He's old Colby. He's 35 years of age. He's barely fought in the last few years. I think that might be a massive issue for him because you need not you not need to just be on it. You need to be on it in a certain way, fighting a certain way, in a way that you haven't been fighting in the biggest fights you've had recently. And that can't be easy. That cannot be easy. Whereas Leon, you know, he went out. What did he do in his last couple of fights? Uh, he went out there and fought a good wrestler who can also strike, and he had to outstrike him. That's exactly what, and like Colby's a good striker as well, right? Colby can strike. I know people maybe underrate him and maybe they don't like him and, uh, and you know, I wouldn't blame him. But, you know, I respect what he is as a fighter, which is a very good fighter. But I think, and when I said earlier, uh, Leon Edwards is designed to beat guys like Colby, like he is designed to get his game working against guys who can wrestle and have a good bit of striking as well. Like Leon Edwards, I said this many times, he's not the best guy in the world in any single area. But he's probably like the seventh best guy in the world in more areas than anyone else in the world. Right? And that is a very hard guy to beat unless you are very, very good in a lot of areas or absolutely elite in one area. Now, if Colby is absolutely elite in the wrestling and can continue to do it all the time, he can win that way. Absolutely. My thinking is he won't be and he can't be anymore and that Leon will have the answer for it and that's why I'm going from do you know what I think it's a pretty good price um, I think it's going to be a longer fight um, keep an eye out for the, the decision betting maybe and stuff later in the week but minus 130 Leon Edwards straight up next bet I'm going for this is the KSW bet I'm I'm back in history here history and I'm going for Salandine Parnas at plus 138 to be the first ever well, maybe not first ever, but one of the first ever, whatever it might be, three-weight world champion fighters uh, in a major promotion. He's going for the welterweight title as the current featherweight and lightweight champion. He's fighting uh, against Adrian Bartosinski. I have a full preview of that, probably already out, I would say, at this stage. Um, this is going to have to be perfect. He's going to have to be uh, fast and accurate and defensively good and have a prolonged five round game plan to win this fight uh, Bartosinski is fast for a welterweight compared to obviously a featherweight lightweight 
He hits like an absolute truck at his weight, and now he's fighting a guy from one and two weight classes below. So he's and he's a very good fighter, a very good fighter. But Parnas, I think, is special. He's a real special and win or lose in this fight, still a real special talent. Um, and I'm back in that. I'm back in his talent, and I'm back in history. And I honestly, I just think it'll be cool if he does it, and I think it'd be cool to have a bet in it as well. And I like that price. When I did my preview for this, I thought, I thought honestly. Even though maybe that was the wrong thing, I thought Parnas might be a slight favourite. Um, but the fact that he is the underdog and the fact that he's not just the underdog, but plus one three eight, which is a pretty good price. Like let's say if he was plus one ten or something, it'd be a little bit different. But he is a pretty, pretty sizable enough underdog. And I, I like that price. I believe in him. I believe he can do it. Now, will he do it? Different story, absolutely. But I think he can do it. Plus one three eight. Let's go for that. Salni Parnas over at KSW. Just while we're on KSW. There are some very, very good fights uh, over there this weekend. Um, the Materla Palak fight, minus 450 for Palak, plus 300 for Materla. Um, I, I'd be going for Palak even at that price. Um, Janikowski against Romanovsky. Tommy Romanovsky is the favorite, minus uh, 188. I do like him there. I like Held at minus 200 as well uh, in his fight there. I love the fight between uh, Wilson Varela and uh, Sebastian Rakowski. That's one of the closest fights on the card, minus 150 for Rakowski. I'd probably go for him at that as well. Pesta and Baylor. This is the underdog going on for on the card. Victor Pesta, plus 115. Baylor, Baylor lost last time out for the title. Pesta, if he wins, will be fighting for the title next. Now, that's no guarantee, but it it feels like that's what they're trying to set up. And do you know what? They might be smarter than me, so I'll, I'll go for Pesta on that one, a plus 115. Um, and yeah, those are the main, uh, those are the main fights from, uh, from KSW. Right. Fifth bet of the week. Uh, the Flyer, as I said, it's a money line bet, and I'm going for my guy. I have a, a post from right there. He used to be behind me. Maybe I'll move by me as I'm saying. Stephen Wanderabai Thompson to beat Shavka Rachmanov at plus 430. Now, we're talking about we're talking about flyers here. We're not talking we're not we're, we're talking about practice. We're not talking about the game. We're talking about flyers here. And people are probably thinking, Sean, what the f are you thinking? I should, I should probably shouldn't be cursing on YouTube videos. That's not good for like, the analytics. Anyway, beat me. Beat me out. <laughs> Chan, beat me. Um, I I realized, look, Rachmanov is the favorite. He should be the favorite. You know, if you were to give me the two of them, who's going to win? I would probably pick Rachmanov. But you can't tell me Wonderboy's not without a chance. You can't tell me he's not without a chance, especially considering... What we've seen recently, you know, Rachmanov, he's 17 and 0, no doubt about it, right? No doubt he's a very good fighter. But was he that was he amazing against Magni and Neil? Did he show bits of issues? Did he get hit a few times? You know, did he? Do you know who didn't get hit against Jeff Neil? Wonder by Thompson. Don't beat Kevin Holland last time out. Wonder by Thompson. Kevin Holland's a better fighter than anyone that Rachmanov has ever beaten. Don't tell me one of the greatest kickboxers of all time to ever step inside the UFC has no chance against Rachmanov. And the thing about Rachmanov is as well, this is, Rachmanov is not Shavkat, right? He's not Bilal. He's not a guy who's just going to immediately go across the cage and try to take you down. No. He's fighting Wonderboy, so maybe he will, granted. But in the past, he hasn't always been that guy. He will fight with you. He will strike with you. And he will get hit by you as well. 
You do that against Wonderboy, you have trouble. And trouble could be brought here. And if this works, if this happens, if Wonderboy wins, plus 430 is going to look mighty awful tasty. As a flyer, as a flyer, throw five at it you never want to see again. As my boys in the CME had said, I love it. I think that's an insane price, plus 430. I think, look, Rachmanov should be the favourite, but I don't think it should be that far apart. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Like, imagine Wonderboy on the outside. Rachmanov is, is coming in, trying to throw his pressure. Comes in with a big shot too much. Boom. Question mark kick in the face. Boom. Teep. Boom. Leg kick. Boom. Front kick. Doesn't know where he is. Wonderboy starts attacking with his hands then. Pushed him against the cage. Wheel kick. Job done. Cash the tickets. Merry Christmas. <laughs> that's it that's my that's my pick you could call me biased and you might be right in this one right let's look at some of the other prices then from uh from the ufc um rachmanov in that fight is around my somewhere between minus 550 and minus 600 actually there's one press here is minus minus 670 so take that as you may uh the other title fight then pantoja and rival minus 200 for pantoja all the way into minus 175 uh, Rival plus 160 um, Again I mentioned my, my colleague Graham He was very very surprised That this was that close Considering they fought not too long ago Pantoja won pretty easily And he's a champion now I think that's a good price It was really one I was looking at carefully Is given one, one of my bets um, I do like Pantoja there If you get him anywhere inside of minus 180 uh, I think I'd take him I, I, I like him at that um, What about Ian Gary Vicente Luque Um the prices here are very varied. I see minus 430. I see minus 250. I see minus 375. Mostly around minus 375 for Ian Gary. Uh, plus 300-ish is the the, mo- the the normal price for Cinder Luca. Um, look, I like Ian Gary to win the prize. You can call me bi- uh, to win the prize, to win the fight. You can call me biased, whatever you want. But I think Ian is taller, younger, faster, and hits harder. Um, Ian's ground game has all you know, people can question that. Uh, it's always been very good. Um, he fought a BJJ black belt for the Cage Warriors title, uh, and beat him and fought him on the ground for a lot of that fight with basically no corner as well. And won that fight. Um, you know, there's some people who haven't been watching Ian Gary for his whole career and don't, you know, don't know much about him, but Ian Gary can fight on the ground. I'll, I'll tell you that now. Does that mean he won't get beaten or submitted by Vicente Luque? You know, no, because anyone could if they hit the ground because Vicente is that good. But he's no mug and he's not going to get destroyed there easily if it goes there automatically. You know, but I do think Ian will be able to keep him uh, somewhat at the end of the jab, land a few counters. I think a longer fight is in store here. Um, I think it depends on how much Luque opens up because if he opens up a lot, I could see him getting him out of there. But I think this may be an Ian Gary decision. Uh, but I do fancy Ian to win it. Really looking forward to this fight, though, because Luke I will push him, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he reacts to that. You know, there's been a lot of drama and stuff coming into this fight as well. You know, the mental side of it for Ian is it must be so hard to deal with, and I'm very much uh, hoping he, he deals with that well and we have the, the fight we all desire. Um, so, yeah, I'm going for Ian Gary. In, to win that fight, I don't like the prices, though. A bit, a bit much for me. Um... We talked about Mitchell Emmett. Aldana Rosa, an interesting fight. Aldana around minus 200, plus 170 for Rosa. 
again, depends how, how Aldana kind of bounces here. Um, you know, she has the talent, but when you put on a display like she did against Amanda Nunes, you know, and look, losing Amanda Nunes, there's no, there's no uh, disrespect in that or anything, but she just didn't turn up. Very hard to turn up again in the fight after that. So, um, you know, I, I'm probably picking her, but I wouldn't give her as one of my bets for the week. You know, if you see something in Hosa and you think she has a chance, I, I wouldn't talk you out of it, to be honest. I don't even Lipsky O'Neill. Again, Lipsky. Lipsky, if she turns up and there's she's plus 175 here at one, one place, I really like Casey O'Neill. Minus 200 ish. Oh, that Lipsky price. I, I swore to myself the last time I'd never bet on Lipsky again because I either bet for her or bet against her and I lose every time. Right? So I'm going to say Lipsky at plus 175. That's my bet. But you should probably back O'Neill based on that because I always get it wrong with Lipsky. Uh, Keller and Garbrandt, interesting fight. Like, I think Brian Keller is a good fighter and a good tryer and all, but geez, I don't think he's at the same level of Cody Garbrandt. But at the same time, where is Cody Garbrandt right now? Like, how is his chin looking? How is his preparation looking and all of that? Uh, Brian is not exactly the hardest hitter in the world, but, and he's been off a really bad neck operation, I think, and things as well. Um, probably lean Garbrandt on that. And then, uh, yeah, that Colby and, and Edwards, obviously, the big main event. Um, Edwards round the minus 130, Colby, anywhere from plus 130 to, to I see him one plus, plus 105 here, so that's pretty close, but... Um, yeah, that is it. Those are my bets for the week. Let's get a quick recap of those. First bet, Paddy Pimlet wins by submission plus 200. Josh Emmett plus 163, straight up money line bet. As is Leanne Edwards at minus 130. Plus 138 for Saldine Parnas over the main event of KSW89. And uh, the flyer of the week is Wonderboy. Steve Wonderboy Thompson plus 430 to win. Again, or Rachmanov. All right, everyone. I will leave it there. Thank you very much for tuning in all year. I really appreciate you. We'll have podcasts throughout the whole holiday season and getting them ready as we speak. Well, after we speak here. Uh, there's going to be lots of stuff out there, so stay tuned. Sherdog.com, our YouTube channel, is going to be packed. Subscribe. Give the thumbs up. Let me know in the comment section below your bet from the week, and we'll talk to you over the Christmas. Thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you all next time.